I'm Katia Adler, host of The Global Story. Over the last 25 years, I've covered conflicts in the Middle East, political and economic crises in Europe, drug cartels in Mexico. Now I'm covering the stories behind the news all over the world in conversation with those who break it. Join me Monday to Friday to find out what's happening, why, and what it all means. Follow The Global Story from the BBC wherever you listen to podcasts. At Bed 365 we don't do ordinary. We believe that every sport should be epic. Every home run, every hit, every inning, every play. From the moments that are legendary to the ones that fly under the radar. See for yourself when you sign up today and get $150 in bonus bets when you bet just $5. Whatever the sport, whatever the moment, it's never ordinary at Bed 365 21 plus only must be present in Ohio. If you or someone you know has a gambling problem and wants help, call 1-800-GAMBLER. Terms and conditions apply. Xfinity has free premium networks for everyone this month, no matter what kind of entertainment you love. Addicted to true crime? Catch killer cases and more spine-tingling shows on A&E Crime Central. Crave adventure? Explore Asian action movies on Hayah. Searching for something extreme? Check out skating, snowboarding, and more on Fuel TV Plus, the global home of action sports. And find crowd-pleasing bops on iHeartRadio's Hit Nation playlist. There's new free shows and movies to love every week. Say free this week in your Xfinity voice remote. The best conversations I have with my colleagues are the ones that happen when no one is looking, when we're not 100% sure yet what to write. Hopefully, having conversations like this can help you figure out your own point of view. That's kind of our job as Washington Post opinions columnists. I'm Charles Lane, Deputy Opinion Editor. And I'm Amanda Ripley, a contributing columnist. We're going to bring you into these conversations on a new podcast called Impromptu. Follow Impromptu now, wherever you listen. This is Live Bet Saturday on VSEN, the sports betting network. What's up, folks? Live Bet Saturday presented by BetMGM Third Hour. Jonathan Von Tobel and Danny Burke here. What we're tracking now, it's the last hour with Danny and myself, but this day rolls on, of course, here on VSIN. Um, first of which, the games of which we're uh, sweating out. I've got Clemson pre-flap at minus 13.5. They, of course, are trailing 21-10 as we enter the third quarter. See if maybe they can uh, dig me out of this hole. And uh, you and I both, for varying prices on Rutgers money line, you pre-flop minus 120? Uh, 156. Okay, minus 156. I on 2-1 to one as uh, they failed to convert on like third it. and seven. Uh, but looks like there's a flag. And judging by the dejected look of the Indiana defenders, this might be on Indiana. It is defensive holding. So a failed go, third and seven is actually now going to become a uh, profitable situation for Rutgers as they're trying to drive and potentially tie this game. The other game we're tracking, just from a narrative standpoint, very interesting to see uh, if Miami can get out of this hold now too, uh, is the fact that the Hurricanes are trailing 17-7 to to the Duke Blue Devils. Uh, they have been very much shooting themselves in the foot, and one Jeff Garcia has taken over for Tyler Van Dyke, so that is also the story here. Uh, Jake Garcia, I think I called him Jeff Garcia. Jake Garcia is in the game for Miami as Tyler Van Dyke is no longer in the game. Three lost fumbles for the Hurricanes is really the story here, uh, which has been the reason why three touchdown drives or two touchdown drives for Duke have been less than 25 yards. So we'll see if Miami can actually make something happen as Garcia goes down. It's a second down. But from a narrative standpoint, very much worth tracking here if Miami can get out of this. So Looking around, we'll keep updates on what's happening. We're waiting for second halves to begin in other games like Ohio State and Iowa. And um, I don't really think we need to keep track. Maybe you want to, Danny. But we don't need to keep track of Tennessee UT Martin, I think. No, I think we're uh, I think we're pretty secure with that game. Tennessee coming out, uh, showing no signs of regression, right? Maybe we thought they'd be a little lackadaisical after the huge win against Bama. But nope, they went out there and uh, proved that they're not going to let it get in front of them. So props to the coaching staff and that whole team for getting their squad ready. But volunteers just keep on cruising. I think we're pretty safe letting that one just fly. And uh, it, we should also keep track of what I will uh, on uh, the scoreboard. And from an in-game standpoint, Cincinnati and SMU. Cincinnati does lead 20-14, to 14, but SMU uh, was trailing by a good amount in this game, but has gotten back into it. So that's a 20-14 to 14 score at the break. Uh, that was 20-7 to 7 was the highest deficit there for SMU, but a 13-play, 77-yard touchdown drive right before the break gives them a one-score deficit at halftime. So with that, we have three games that are going to kick off uh, either now or in the next 30 minutes. Eastern Michigan on the road against Ball State. 
Northern Illinois is about to kick off against Ohio. And this, in 30 minutes, UNLV on the road taking on the Fighting Irish Notre Dame. Uh, that is going to kick off 30 minutes from now. I assume you had nothing here. We did have a game of the year line, by the way, because we're located out here at Las Vegas. Chris Andrews hung him up at the South Point. Game of the year line was Notre Dame as a 33-point favorite. It looks like uh, we're talking about more than likely going to close in the range of 26 or 26 and a half, barring any dramatic line movement here. But the Irish, this is interesting, Danny. It's not so much the UNLV angle. It's what Notre Dame looks like coming off of a loss to Stanford. Yeah, and I mean, Notre Dame, I, you know, I'm kicking myself because I didn't end up taking the points with Stanford last week. I saw the 17 in the hook, and I, it's hindsight, but, like, I was looking at that game, and that was probably the closest one I was going to have to adding, and then they end up winning the dang thing outright. But Notre Dame's offense just isn't that great. Freeman, you thought he was going to be a great addition to the staff, and obviously it's been underperforming, to say the least. So I can't talk too much on UNLV. I know you can, having them right in your backyard. But I no chance would want to be laying 26, 26 and a half with Notre Dame. Honestly, I don't care who they were playing. I'd either stay away or look to take the other side. Uh, yeah, the problem is the Rebels come into this extremely beat up. So Doug Brumfield, starting quarterback, still not going to play. Starting running back, Aiden Robbins hurt his knee. He's not going to play. Uh, still down uh, one of their key receivers. It does look like one of their top receivers, Kyle Williams, might be back for this game. Uh, and then on the defensive end, uh, they have a litany of injuries they're dealing with. So this is a super thin team for UNLV, and um, they got a quarterback issue too because their backup, Camp Reels, a uh, second-year guy. He has not played well. He got benched in their lost Air Force. And they actually have a kid, Harrison Bailey, who might get some run here in this game. He's a transfer from Tennessee, but for whatever reason, and I've gotten to see some stuff behind the scenes, um, he has not been able to grasp the backup job. It didn't even come close to winning the starting job. So it seems like a really poor situation for UNLV coming off of some ugly losses. For, I'd actually rather back Notre Dame given what I've seen up close each of the last two weeks. I've been at those last two games, and they were ugly. Uh, got to be on the sidelines for them, too, and it's just not looking good. But um, that's where I'd be at. I know Notre Dame has not played well, but this is not a good situation for the visiting team. We'll put it that way. Hey, JVT, really quick. I'm looking at this Ohio State game. So C.J. Stroud throws an interception to begin the second half. Iowa gets the ball. It looks like what they put their backup quarterback in. Padilla, I think, is who it is. Mm -hmm. And he fumbles right away, and Ohio State gets it immediately back. I believe that's what happened. I was just catching the replay. But I think they took out Petras and then had the, the backup in, and then he turns it over right away. Or maybe something bad with the handoff. But Ohio State got it right back. And Rutgers gets us three on the board. So we'll take it. All right. Get back into it. So 14-10 score there. So uh, we need we need more, though. We need more. I'll take a 17-10 yeah. win there. Uh, updates across the board. You mentioned that Ohio State game. Ohio State 29.5 point favor. Total of 59.5 after some uh, some ridiculousness, we'll call it, in that game. I, I know you mentioned this in passing off the air. Uh, wanted to bring up uh, Army, UL Monroe, now tied 17-7, or 17-17. Three and a half point spread in favor of the Black Knights. Total 56 and a half. Uh, Baylor in Kansas. Uh, this one right now, Baylor up 28-10. Kansas did find the end zone. It looked like the Jayhawks actually, Danny, were about to lose the ball on about the Baylor two-yard line. That is not the case. They hold on to it. They end up scoring. So that's a 28-10 game. Baylor 21 and a half with a total of 57 and a half. And the update after the Rutgers field goal. Rutgers now a three and a half point underdog. Total 41.5. Money line price, one of the few that has it on there. Indiana minus 190. Rutgers plus 145. So that's what you're looking at uh, in-game right now when it comes to some of these teams and the games that we're watching. And the second half has just kicked off between Cincinnati and SMU. So let's move on from here. We've got a lot more games uh, to discuss. Uh, we keep teasing this. We haven't gotten to it. Let's do it now. Kansas State, TCU. I think situationally this is a very, very intriguing spot for TCU because – while a lot of people might not think much of the Big 12 as a whole, think of what TCU has gone through from a schedule standpoint so far uh, this season. We're talking about the Kansas game. We're talking about Oklahoma. Like These are some high-leverage games, some really big opponents, some important games as well, and now you come here, play host to Kansas State, talk about a three-and-a-half-point spread with a total of 54-and-a-half. But what do you make of this situationally for TCU, Danny? Can like, in other words, can they continue to do this? Because not only are they winning these games, I mean, they're covering them. And I would even go back so far as the SMU game. Because remember, that's an emotionally charged spot, right? Sonny Dykes going back to his old stomping grounds, the program that he was the head coach of, then goes there, wins that and covers. Oklahoma wins and covers on the road against Kansas. Win, it was a push. They were a seven-point favorite at close. And then the comeback last week against Oklahoma State. 
it is a wonder to see if this team can kind of keep this up emotionally. I, look, TCU is the better team, JBT, but as you stated, I, I mean, you're coming off an incredible overtime, double overtime victory against Oklahoma State in a game, like you said, you were trailing. So you had to claw from behind so much and then an extended amount of time you had to play, and that's after beating Kansas in a close one. That's after beating Oklahoma, even though you stomped them out. Still a big game to get up for. Conversely, you got Kansas State feeling pretty solid coming off a of bye week. But I can tell you from experience watching Adrian Martinez, look, you know, all the respect to the kid in the world, but in a lot of games like this, especially on the road, this is where he tends to falter. And I get that it's a rejuvenated Adrian Martinez. Sounds and, like a little saltiness a to me, Danny. <laughs> a little bit. But look, it's like a revelation what he's been able to do with Kansas State. I, I just I think TCU is the right side, but I am scared because, like you said, is this almost like the fatigue and maybe not fatigue, but just a situational downfall for TCU going to catch up with them? And I sound like a broken record, but because it's over the key number of three, I think you might want to wait and get a better number with TCU. You certainly could have done that with Oklahoma State last week, and now it's another game under your belt where you just got beat up so long with Kansas State's going to be ready right away, so they may get out to that early lead in the first half, and then you could attack the Horned Frogs. But uh, again, JVT, I think TCU's the better team, but I wouldn't be shocked if they lose just because of how tough the scheduling spot is. Scheduling spot, Kansas State gets the, the, the week to get ready. We know that yeah. Adrian Martinez is a dynamo with extra time to prepare. Um, no, uh, But I will say this. The matchup that I'm very interested to watch, T Kansas State comes into this game, and Adrian Martinez is a big part of it, Top 50 rushing attack in terms of EPA per play. This is a bottom, I think we're 60th right now, 58th for TCU in terms of their run defense. That's going to be where this thing's won. Uh, if K TCU's yeah. defense can actually hold up and contain some of this rushing attack. Because that's the other thing. I do think that's what's lost maybe in the TCU win over Oklahoma State. I think Spencer Sanders got a little banged up in that game, right? So we're talking about maybe uh, something that maybe affected the way that Oklahoma State was going to run their offense. Uh, but I think that that's something to monitor here is how the Wildcats can run the ball because I do believe that's going to be one of the things that we're going to point to at the end of this game if Kansas State's going to have some success. And th this is the interesting part about this too, Danny. I like when these matchups happen. These are two teams that are clearly undervalued by the betting market to an extent. One of them's 5-1 straight up, the other 6-0 straight up. We're talking about two teams that come into this both 4-1-1 against the spread or 5-1 depending on how you measure some of those closing numbers. These are two teams that were undervalued by the betting market, and how those two, two things kind of clash right, and adjust uh, as they come into this game is always fascinating to see if the market has adjusted enough on either one of them. Yeah, and yeah, because they're going head-to-head, -head, it kind of puts you in this peculiar spot. I, I don't think the line is too off. I probably would have made it a flat three, but still not enough to actually want to back Kansas State here. But, yeah, I think what you said, too, which defense is going to get those crucial stops, especially on third downs, right, in, in a game that could be back and forth. It's who's going to be able to limit the third down conversions. And if you have an idea of which team that may be, it's probably going to be the team that ends up on top. But I, I got to take the wait-and-see approach here. Uh, so I want to give two updates very quickly, first of which is uh, Hendon Hooker is out of the game for Tennessee. Not a surprise. They're up 52-7 to in the third quarter there. And, and a clarification, because I, I, I want to make sure I got this right, Tyler Van Dyke left the game with a shoulder injury, which is why Jake Garcia is in this game as we head into the second half for Miami and Duke. We'll come back here on Live Bet Saturday. From BBC Radio 4, Britain's biggest paranormal podcast is going on a road trip. I thought in that moment, oh my God, we've summoned something from this board. This is uncanny usa he says somebody's in the house and i screamed listen to uncanny usa wherever you get your bbc podcasts if you dare at bed 365 we don't do ordinary we believe that every sport should be epic every home run every hit every inning every play from the moments that are legendary to the ones that fly under the radar. Whether it's a walk-off grand slam or a base hit to center field. Whatever the sport, whatever the moment. It's never ordinary at Pet365. 21 plus only must be present in Ohio. If you or someone you know has a gambling problem and wants help, call 1-800-GAMBLER. 
Xfinity has free premium networks for everyone this month, no matter what kind of entertainment you love. Addicted to true crime? Catch killer cases and more spine-tingling shows on A&E Crime Central. Crave adventure? Explore Asian action movies on Hayah. Searching for something extreme? Check out skating, snowboarding, and more on Fuel TV Plus, the global home of action sports. And find crowd-pleasing bops on iHeartRadio's Hit Nation playlist. There's new free shows and movies to love every week. Say free this week in your Xfinity voice remote. The best conversations I have with my colleagues are the ones that happen when no one is looking, when we're not 100% sure yet what to write. Hopefully, having conversations like this can help you figure out your own point of view. That's kind of our job as Washington Post opinions columnists. I'm Charles Lane, Deputy Opinion Editor. And I'm Amanda Ripley, a contributing columnist. We're going to bring you into these conversations on a new podcast called Impromptu. Follow Impromptu now, wherever you listen. This is Live Bet Saturday on VSIN, the Sports Betting Network. Welcome back. A reminder that you should be a VSIN Pro subscriber. Got lots of cool knickknacks, tools, and other things in between you can use to become a better handicapper. That includes our pro tools, pro picks at a glance, and pro tips. Also gets you prepared for the season with our prep guides and more. Check it all out today. 99 bucks through the Super Bowl. Go to vsin.com slash subscribe. A lot tracking here. A lot tracking. Let's uh, let's welcome in, though, uh, Vaughn Dalzell, uh, who's nice enough to give us some time. Uh, we got Vaughn here, right? Um, let's welcome in Vaughn and talk a little bit about what he's got coming up on the college slate. Vaughn, it's always good to talk to you, bud. Uh, first of which, let's go. You're going to a conference near and dear to my heart, the Mountain West. Uh, I covered on the side. Went to a school out there, too. Uh, San Diego State, that touchdown against Nevada. You're in on the Aztecs here. Yeah, glad to be back. Appreciate you guys for having me. And, uh, yeah, I'm surprised that some people are going to war for the Nevada Wolfpack in this spot. But I'm going to confidently take San Diego State. I mean, it's a it's an interesting story. If you guys are familiar with Gary Bohannon, uh, the old Baylor quarterback turned South Florida. He was a linebacker at one point turned quarterback. That's what's happening at San Diego State right now with Jalen Maiden. Uh, no quarterback through for over 108 this season for them, and now he has 322 in his last game. While they didn't score many points, they've had a bye week, so I'm expecting them to have a lot of new offensive schemes, packages here, uh, to work in his favor and that offense's favor. So Nevada's 0-5 ATS in their last five. Off a trip from Hawaii, I do like the Aztecs in the spot. Now, moving along here, Vaughn, you're looking at this UTEP spot and potentially some value against FAU. Uh, we saw this line as high as four. Now it's kind of come down a little bit in favor of the home dog. Do you see some value with the home dog in UTEP in this spot? Yeah, I mean, one of my favorite things to do are fade Florida teams on the road, especially the little mid-majors, you know, the FIUs, the FAUs, and uh, – the Owls in general, guys, 2-11 and 11 on the money line and they're, since 2020 in their last 13 road games. It's just a team that just does not win on the road. Um, they've only been a road favorite seven times since 2020 and twice they've covered. So uh, you look at these two teams and UTEP, I mean, they got a nice quarterback in Gavin Hardison. I like their rushing back duo. Uh, they burned me early in the season against North Texas, but North Texas is a team that's very near, dear to my heart. Uh, and this UTEP team is coming off a bye as well, so – I like the spot for them here to get this outright win at home. So I definitely took the plus four, and I think it's playable down to three, even two and a half, where we see a lot of uh, a lot of fa- a lot of uh, popular underdogs are coming to trend down to today. Now let's go back to the Mount West before we expand the board. Look at some other games. Get your thoughts. Uh, Boise State taking on Air Force. Uh, market's been moving steadily in Boise State's direction. Air Force open four. We're down to one and a half in some spots. There's still a couple two and a halfs out there. You think two and a half still playable here for the Broncos? I do. Um, I don't. I hope someone said this awesome stat on your guys' network yet. But uh, when I was looking at Boise State coming off a of bye week, they're twenty-eight and one on the money line dating back to two thousand and one. That is ridiculous, and they've never came off a of bye as an underdog. So this is the first situation where they've done that. They've won sixteen straight uh, road games coming off a of bye, so they've normally been very prepared. And we've seen they kicked out the OC, they kicked out Hank uh, Bachmeyer, the quarterback. Uh, well, he left, and then since that's happened, I mean, they've won two games by 20-plus points. They went 2-0 and against the spread, 2-0 and on the money line. I um, mean, they look like a revamped team, and they're another team that's, ha- that's coming off a bye now, like I said. So they had an extra week to prepare for Air Force, who runs a triple option. When you have an extra week to prepare for a triple option offense, you normally have more success, and then Boise State's success of the defense 
is the rush defense, ranking 19th in the country, barely over 101 yards per game. So, yeah, I like the Broncos in the spot. I think they went out right. I think they're a little undervalued. This should be a pick em, if not Boise State laying one point. So, Vaughn, we were talking about this matchup later today with TCU and Kansas State. It's really just such an intriguing spot because Kansas State's coming off a bye. Big test for Adrian Martinez. Conversely, TCU coming off a dramatic double overtime win. Maybe not the best situationally for him. They are laying three in the hook. What do you make of this game here? Because, I mean, personally, I'm kind of waiting for an in-game angle, but is there anything pre-flop that stood out to you? Yeah, that's actually probably the best way to play this game is just wait for a live situation because if TCU is truly going to have a day, uh, they're going to put up some points here, and it could be 30-plus, 30, 30 34-plus type situation. And on the opposite side of things, Kansas State, you know, but I, I want to clarify the betting angle in here is uh, for Kansas State, you know, no, TCU never hasn't played a defense as good as Kansas State's. The way that they play on offense and defense with their pace is going to give TCU problems. If you're thinking TCU wins this game, it's because you're thinking – well, Kansas State's defense hasn't seen anyone like TCU's offense. Um, and when I just look at TCU, man, they're coming off two very, like, monumental emotional wins where you're going, you know, downfield every single play against Kansas. You come back against Oklahoma State. You go down early, had to come back and play the same style where you're running and gunning, and now you go up against Kansas State, a team that plays completely opposite of those two teams. So if TCU is fall, it is today, I think. Um, I did play Kansas State at plus three and a half, but it did open at six. So I wouldn't recommend really playing too much. It's only a half unit play for me because I think they're alive to win outright, but I'd rather have the points. Uh, I hate betting on Adrian Martinez, but I love Deuce Vaughn just because we share a name. He's, he's excellent. But uh, yeah, they're alive to win outright, but TCU could win this by double digits. So I wouldn't bet much on this game. So I'll open up the rest of the board. Yvonne, anything else that stuck out to you, like, like barely made the cut or you're maybe waiting for a line move anything in the later games? Uh, the, well, I did take a snag in Louisiana tech today. They, they were on my mind. They couldn't, they couldn't leave my mind. I'll be honest with you guys. I love these mid majors. Uh, rice is a team that is one and eight on the money line, uh, on the road since 2021. The one game they did win was last year against UAB. Uh, and they were plus 1129. So $10 to win $112. Uh, if you would have bet them in that one game to win outright. But since then they haven't won Uh situation similar to why I like UTEP and a couple of these mid majors, at home, I just don't think Rice is a good road team at all. Louisiana Tech is pretty poor defensively. I wouldn't talk anyone off an over in this game by any means. Uh, the 57 might be a little light. But Rice has covered five straight games. But when you look at who they cover, it's McNeese, uh, Louisiana Lafayette, Houston, UAB, and Florida Atlantic. I mean, honestly, give me a break, guys. These teams are terrible. They've all been very overrated at times this year. And uh, McNeese State, they're only a seven-point favorite. And McNeese State's one in five this year. So uh, I like Louisiana Tech in a bounce-back spot after they got blown out by my North Texas Mean Green, uh, for sure. And I don't know if you guys are watching this Ohio State-Iowa game, but uh, Iowa's a straight fade the rest of the season. Uh, I mean, I've been fading them, but Petras, you thought he was bad. Alex Padilla, he might be worse. This is terrible stuff. Yeah, he's uh, he's been pretty awful. I was cracking up earlier because I told JVT I live bet Ohio State minus 12 and a half for the first half. And thankfully, Petrus Beautiful. came through with that pick six. It, it, it's really been hysterical to watch all year and why Iowa just sticks to that offense. And with him, as, it, it makes no sense. So I'm with you. I think Darn. it's kind of a fade against them. And also, Vaughn, I, I kind of think it's a fade potentially today against Wisconsin. I see Graham Mertz and this Iowa offense are are virtually the same. My favorite bet was Wisconsin under nine wins heading into this season, and we already cashed in on it. And I think you could fade them today, honestly, with Purdue coming in. Purdue still has a chance, obviously, to compete for the Big Ten West. Aiden O'Connell, arguably the best quarterback in the Big Ten West. I know that their defense isn't anything special, but I think they can get away with a poor defense considering how much worse you could classify Wisconsin's offense in this game. Yeah, this is going to be a great game, in my opinion. I see a lot of the Sharps lining up on Purdue. No hesitation at all. You look at all the history between these two programs, and it's been Wisconsin, Wisconsin, Wisconsin. Mm-hmm. Um, so I've seen a couple people. You know, I'm a big Phil Steele guy. I'm sure you guys have probably had him. Uh, he's a guy that's going to war on Wisconsin today. And he's about one of maybe two or three people I've seen professionally that really like the Badgers. Um, I was a guy that played Aiden O'Connell's under passing yards against Penn State open season. Penn State, the top five uh, metrics defensive passing team this year. And Aiden O'Connell literally just obliterated that secondary. Um, I don't know if many teams can stop him. 
I think he's really an underrated quarterback. He should be a great NFL quarterback if he's really completing passes at this rate, especially with the drop-off in receiving talent this year for Purdue. Uh, but if I'm betting aside, I'm taking Purdue because you, you've seen it a couple times this year. It had just happened with Tennessee and Alabama. Generationally speaking, one team has dominated another for 5, 10, 15 years, and now we see the best teams ever coming up of these programs like Tennessee right now with Hen Hooker, and they overcome that hump. Uh, Purdue, you know, may have been better, yes, last year, but Wisconsin's a lot worse than they were last year. So I think this is generationally generationally a game where Purdue can get the win. So I'm with you. Vaughn Dalzell, V Money Sports, on Twitter, betting analyst, NBC Sports Edge. Vaughn, we're up against it. I'm getting choked up. <laughs> I'll see you later, man. <laughs> Appreciate you guys. Uh, I'm also getting choked up, Danny, because I don't think I can watch anymore. Cade Klubnik is uh, warming up. DJU throws another interception. Oh, no. Klubnik is now out on, it looks like, uh, getting into the huddle. We'll see if that's going to be him who takes over here. It looks like it is going to be the case. Uh, DJ Uyangale with a bad overthrow and another turnover, and it looks like Cade is getting out there on the field for Clemson down 21-10. Not uh, not good, buddy. I uh, I feel for you there. That's a tough situation. But hey, I mean, now it opens up the discussion of the college football playoff a little bit more, so you don't have to worry about uh, Clemson kind of sneaking in there. And uh, by the way, maybe something that'll cheer you up. I know you're ahead of me, but our Scarlet Knights are looking not too bad right now. And again, you're a little ahead of me, so I have to update. But uh, yeah, they're getting close to scoring. Uh, first and goal for Rutgers right now. Down 14-10. Indiana just takes timeout. So we'll see if Rutgers can maybe. Uh, Make this pain go away. Uh, and also, look, maybe Kate Klubin can actually lead a pretty big comeback here for Clemson. We'll see what happens. Uh, you know, there's something good about hope. We'll come back. Last 30 minutes of Live Bet Saturday with Danny and myself before the rest of the crew takes over here on this Saturday. This is Live Bet Saturday on VSAN, the sports betting network. What's up, folks? All right, we got some updates in college football that we got to get to. First off, Rutgers, the most important matchup of the day, playing host to Indiana, and the Scarlet Knights have taken a 17-14 to lead. Daniel, we're in a good spot here, my friend, as uh, Rutgers is now on top. In-game numbers will update as, they soon, as soon as they pop back up. Now, I will say, not the greatest start to this uh, defensive drive, though, as the, the kickoff sails out of bounds, and uh, Indiana gets to take over at the 35 <laughs> wasn't even close it was like a squib kick that went directly out of bounds I, somehow they managed to do a worse kickoff than the one they let up for a touchdown to begin the game but yeah not great but uh i'm laughing because uh indiana just tried to run like a, a yeah you see now you're laughing yeah you finally got to see what I'm saying. <laughs> on a second and 10 uh they tried to run like a little bit of like an out wheel route or whatever to their halfback and um the quarterback just threw it 20 yards out of bounds that was a pretty bad throw so it does look like that's short of the sticks, and Rutgers is going to force a three and out here for Indiana. Take back over fourth and ten. They're going to punt it back away. The other, and this is a bigger development here, DJ Uyangalale, for those who are just joining us, has been benched. Uh, multiple turnovers in this game against Syracuse, uh, directly leading to this 21-10 to deficit that they are facing right now in the third quarter. So Kate Klubnik is in. We have a second and 14 right now. Clemson is driving. They are inside Syracuse territory on the Syracuse 45-46 yard line. Klubnik, though, and this is a mistake, tries to extend the play out, and he is sacked by uh, Syracuse defender Linton. So they are now going to have a third, and I would say about 30 or so, uh, way back in their own territory. So this is a drive that is uh, very probable of dying. But we are now on the backup, and here's the thing. This is what makes this interesting. Small picture, what Klubnik can do here, only down 11. 11 really isn't that big of a deficit. And the second is what Dabo Swinney, who was getting super chesty over the last couple of weeks, Danny, about DJU and his play, now all of a sudden forced to bench him here in the third quarter of a very big game, what this quarterback situation looks like now because this is an actual benching, right? This is not what happened to the Georgia Tech game where they stuck it through with DJ, then the game's out of, bound, or out of hand, so you put Kate, uh, Kate Klubnik in. This was flat out, DJU, you're killing us. we got to get you out of here. And now I think it looks like, by the way, late hit out of bounds on Klubnik. Uh, Clemson's going to get bailed out here and get a fresh set of downs. But big picture, small picture, this is a pretty fascinating situation now for Clemson. I mean, that's the necessary move, but it's not like it's some scrub coming in. Obviously, it's going to be a highly recruited guy into the mix. And sometimes when you have those changes, it can obviously change the course of your season. And look, no disrespect to DJU, but 
he he was looking better, but he should have already been better. It shouldn't have been a progress for him to get there if you're the starting quarterback at Clemson. So the necessary move was made. May not pan out for this game, but fascinating to see what it does down the stretch. Who are they going to go with with their starter? Does it finally ignite that full fire that you need from DJU? Or with Klubnik, is that just going to be the turning point in the season? Yet the odds makers may not see it immediately, but you could get a good value spot assuming he's the best quarterback going down the stretch. So, yeah, really, uh, really intriguing narrative now at this point to see what he can make in this game and beyond. The other update that we need to throw out there, so... Uh, one of the buy points that we talked about was Miami. The fact yeah. that you lose three fumbles, uh, setting two touchdowns up for Duke that were less than uh, two touchdown drives, you'd say, that were less than 30 yards, that is a sign that you're getting a little uh, unlucky, right? And that maybe once things start to turn around, you hold on to the ball, that this game would turn around for you as a second-half look for Miami potentially. Well, opening drive for Miami, that ends up being a touchdown. So they go, uh, they tie the game, or excuse me, uh, only trail 17-14, then immediately force a turnover, and as I speak, Jake Garcia completes a pass for a touchdown, and just like that, a 17-7 game is now a 20-17 game in favor of Miami uh, with the extra point coming. But that's another good indicator, as we talked about about 20 minutes ago, right? If you're looking at box scores and trying to find certain buy points or buy prices, it is going to be teams that are facing some negative inverse that isn't, like again, something that can be replicated by the other squad. Fumbles are largely random. So if you're giving up fumbles that are setting up your opponent, and especially against an opponent which you are very much highly rated against, that is a spot where maybe you're coming back and going, this is going to even out for this team. And there we go, quick 13 points in the first one minute and 50 seconds of the second half for Miami. I There couldn't have been a more prime example to really be put in that category of an in-game betting situation to what you and I have harped on so many times. And I get there's a lot of time still left in this game, but still, uh, depending on how many points you were catching, it was a great spot with Miami down 10. You're right, fumble luck. Three times went against them, yet they had nine first downs compared to four when we were first discussing it in favor of Miami. They were outgaining them with the yardage. It was short touchdown scores that Duke had had. So again, even if it doesn't come out working for Miami, you've already seen them come back and take the lead. And now if you needed kind of the example, you've seen it, you can apply it to other games and not every game is going to end up that way. But more often than not, the team that does catch the bad end of the stick that you figured what was going to happen with them pregame. And it's just been so unlucky. It'll kind of resort back to the norm, to the mean of what you were expected to happen. And yeah, I mean, you know, unfortunately, I we saw it at like two and a half, and I was hoping to get a three and didn't really see the opportunity and uh, didn't get involved on this side. Did you end up pulling the trigger on Miami? No, I didn't. And uh, as we discussed, what I wanted was a little bit more than the market was giving me, so I got a little selfish. Yeah. I, I And I thought, look, and it goes to what we were speaking about, Danny, though. They were plus 105 on the money line. A team that closed as a 10-point favorite, you were getting a plus 105 with a lot of indicators that said this team could come back. Now they're a $4 favorite. In-game price, 6.5 with a total of 62.5. So that is uh, it's a pretty good position to be in if you did, if you're getting a plus price on a team that's now a $4 favorite and closed as a 9-10 point favorite depending on where you shop. All right, we are entering the fourth quarter. Clemson does have a second and goal here, though, against Syracuse on the Syracuse 3. A refresher for those who don't remember, uh, the last goal-to-go situation for Syracuse ended up in a 97-yard fumble return for a touchdown. Fumbled, of course, by DJ Uyangalale. So we'll see if the uh, Clemson can get this in. But again, trailing 21-10, Cade Klubnik is in this game, taking over for a benched DJU. Other spots around college football. To give some score updates before we look at some of the games uh, a little bit later in college football's schedule today. Cincinnati has taken a 26-14 lead over SMU. They lead uh, in that game with uh, let's call it seven minutes left to go in the third quarter. In-game standpoint, Cincinnati, 11.5-point favorite, total of 58.5. They're a $9 favorite on the money line. Syracuse, still favored in this game. They're a 1.5-point favorite with Clemson knocking on the door. 50.5 the spread here. Money line price, Syracuse, minus 130. You're getting even money coming back on Clemson. All these numbers I'm reciting, by the way, courtesy of BetMGM. And our guys, the Rutgers Scarlet Knights, Fourth quarter just about to begin. Rutgers is a two and a half point favorite, now a three and a half point favorite, and a minus two twenty five favorite on the money line. So we'll see if they can do that, get that done as they lead seventeen fourteen. And uh, it does look like another touchdown has been scored. Ohio State, Danny, up forty to ten here, four forty three left to go. Yeah, Stroud with a dime to the back left corner of the end zone, like you said, now up thirty points. Waiting to see what this live number is, but. 
you know, we said it was only a matter of time before Ohio State kind of was going to wake up. And, well, now you've seen it in the second half. And I was all over the place in shambles. Nothing new there. We kept talking about that Ohio State team total. It was around like 45 and a half, then 44 and a half. And then it dipped down heading into the second half as low as like 40 in the hook. Well, they're already at 40. So hopefully you're able to get a piece of that. With still plenty of time left to go in this game. Um, you know, we could offer the same kind of strategy, maybe look for an in-game under because Ohio State's so far ahead in this spot and you're probably still expecting Iowa not to score. I just feel like they're completely deflated and even if you're putting in the reserves for Ohio State, they're good enough to move the ball against an, uh, an Iowa defense that, again, may not be as motivated to give their full effort out there. So 63 and a half is what we're seeing. I don't know if I'd still want to be tempted to bet the under, even though you're getting plus 115. All right, I want to get your thoughts, um, and I know that you are as part of your best bets. We'll get to those coming up in a little bit. You are my Midwest guy, though. Um, walk me through Penn State and Minnesota, because Penn State, as we both watched up close, right, followed it together, uh, laying an absolute egg in that game uh, against Michigan and then some lesser, or some, some better competition. And now you get Minnesota, a team that at one point statistically was among the best in the country, but that was because of a soft non-conference schedule. Now they're a five-and-a-half-point favorite on the road against Penn State, total of 43-and-a-half. What do we do with two teams that are kind of on a downturn portion of their schedule and of their play? If this game was at four, which I think it may have been at the beginning of the week, I would have preferred to jump in with Penn State. At five, five and a half, it's kind of in that no man's land, awkward uh, seeming spot. So I'm just going to wait for an in-game angle here with Penn State. I do think the Nittany Lions find a way to win this game. I, I know you and I backed them last week against Michigan, and it was gross and it was ugly, but that was the first true test for Penn State, and Michigan clearly was ready and got up for that spot. Minnesota has really ticked me off the last couple of games for the JVT. I mean, I, I think I took that live piece of them against Purdue a couple weeks ago or a few weeks ago. They lost 20 to 10, no offense. Uh, then this past week at Illinois, I had them in that game. They lose 26 to 14. Props to Illinois, but Minnesota didn't even really keep it close. It was Illinois the whole way, despite them only winning 26 to 14. Look, Ibrahim's a great running back, but that's really the main source of their offense right now, as we were talking about a little bit earlier. Tanner Morgan hasn't taken that step forward. He's pretty much just plateaued. There hasn't been anything increasing in his game right now. PJ Flex sometimes has questionable play calling, decision making. I think Penn State wins. They get kind of revived from going back at home, and this will be a good get right spot for them. All right, we will update what's happening in a lot of these games. Clemson with a third and goal. We'll see if Rutgers can pull this off. We'll give you our best bets and more as Danny and I wrap up our shift here on Live Bet Saturday. I'm Katia Adler, host of The Global Story. Over the last 25 years, I've covered conflicts in the Middle East, political and economic crises in Europe, drug cartels in Mexico. Now I'm covering the stories behind the news all over the world in conversation with those who break it. Join me Monday to Friday to find out what's happening, why, and what it all means. Follow the global story from the BBC wherever you listen to podcasts. At Bed 365 we don't do ordinary. We believe that every sport should be epic. Every home run, every hit, every inning, every play. From the moments that are legendary to the ones that fly under the radar. See for yourself when you sign up today and get $150 in bonus bets when you bet just $5. Whatever the sport, whatever the moment, it's never ordinary at Bet365. 21 plus only must be present in Ohio. If you or someone you know has a gambling problem and wants help, call 1-800-GAMBLER. Terms and conditions apply. Xfinity has free premium networks for everyone this month, no matter what kind of entertainment you love. Addicted to true crime? Catch killer cases and more spine-tingling shows on A&E Crime Central. Crave adventure? Explore Asian action movies on Hayah. Searching for something extreme? Check out skating, snowboarding, and more on Fuel TV Plus, the global home of action sports. And find crowd-pleasing bops on iHeartRadio's Hit Nation playlist. There's new free shows and movies to love every week. Say free this week in your Xfinity voice remote. The best conversations I have with my colleagues are the ones that happen when no one is looking, when we're not 100% sure yet what to write. Hopefully, having conversations like this can help you figure out your own point of view. That's kind of our job as Washington Post opinions columnists. I'm Charles Lane, Deputy Opinion Editor. And I'm Amanda Ripley, a contributing columnist. 
We're going to bring you into these conversations on a new podcast called Impromptu. Follow Impromptu now, wherever you listen. This is Live Bet Saturday on VSEN, the sports betting network. Turn a loss into a win with BetMGM, the official sports betting partner of the NHL. Place a one-game parlay wager with at least four legs on any NHL game. If all legs of the parlay hit but one, you'll get your stake back in free bets up to $25. Just log into your account, download the app, sign up with BetMGM to get started. Then opt in to the one-game parlay insurance promotion. Place a one-game parlay wager with four legs or more on any NHL game. And if you miss only one leg of your wager, you'll receive up to $25 back in free bets. Visit BetMGM.com for terms and conditions. 21 years of age or older to wager. New and existing customer offer. All promotions are subject to qualification and eligibility requirements. Rewards issued as is non-withdrawable free bets or site credit. Free bets expire seven days from issuance. Please gamble responsibly. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER. Promotional offer not available in Mississippi, Nevada, or New York. Clemson has found their way into the end zone. Uh, they got held up on a third and goal, so a fourth and goal from the one ends up in. So 15 plays, 80 yards, ends in pay dirt. Now they're going for two here to make this a three-point game. Again, if you're just joining us or haven't been watching, uh, Cade Klubnik is in for Clemson. DJ Uyangle. Good teammate, though, Danny. Once they scored a touchdown, he was he was clapping. There he was right go. there. First guy out there to dap up the team. So a good teammate guy, good locker room guy from what I hear. Uh, so we'll see if Clemson can get this two-point attempt and go down by three. Other games, uh, you were monitoring this. Uh, did, did you see that? What? No. What oh, happened? sorry. Oh, sorry. I thought you were going to bring up the Rutgers game. I was oh, going to complain no, no, about no. that for a second. Well, Danny, <laughs> let me steer the ship here, all right? Now you're all over the place, but now you can tell us what's happening. Okay, so Rutgers had fourth and five after they had some big momentum getting out of their own territory. What does Shiano elect to do? Kick a 56-yard field goal on fourth and five. The kid shanks it absolutely not even close to the left. So now Indiana's going to get the ball around midfield after going for, again, a 56-yard field goal with a Rutgers college kicker. Greg Shiano is a, a man who uh, I would say is not really um, deep in the analytical thought and thinking, you know what, maybe fourth and five is just go for it territory here instead of trying to kick this long field goal. Uh, a update, Clemson, no good on the two-point conversion. Klubnik rolls out to his right because he's blitzed by uh, the defensive back. He extends the play, tries to throw it into the end zone. It's tipped up and intercepted, so that is going to be no good. So this is going to be a 21-16 game with Syracuse getting the ball back in this fourth quarter. So still perfectly winnable game for Clemson, but again, opening the door for how incredible this storyline is going to be moving forward after Dabo was getting super chesty with everybody but the play of DJU. Another update, so this is interesting, and this is what happens when you leave the door open or when you make mistakes against lesser teams. It did seem that Duke had nothing going for it, uh, but right now they've got a third down inside the 20-yard line of Miami. So Duke is looking to tack on a score here potentially, at the very least a field goal that would make it a 21-20 game. But right now we have a third down for Duke. We'll see if they can convert this again. The story here, three lost fumbles for Miami, setting up short scores for Duke. 21-17 the score right now. From an in-game standpoint for some of these contests that we're keeping track of, uh, first off, the game that we mentioned, Syracuse and Clemson, after that touchdown, now trailing by five. Syracuse still holding strong, one-and-a-half-point favorite, total of 49-and-a-half in that matchup. You also have some other spots. Actually, in this one, I want to get your update on, Danny. Uh, Baylor, at one point up 28-3, to now leads 28-23. Looks like Kansas gets in the end zone on that, t- that, uh, that drive there they had in the red zone. Baylor, a five-and-a-half-point favorite with a total that's not on the board right now. But uh, Baylor blowing it here. A big lead. It looked like they were going to choke the life out of Kansas. Not the case. Yeah, how about it? I mean, Baylor's offense just been stagnant this whole second half. And props to Kansas. I mean, at some point, I guess they were going to break through. And they did just that. Huge play. Uh, big pass to get the touchdown. And you mentioned that five and a half, JBT. They were offering you like plus 140 if you wanted to lay five in the hook with Baylor. Again, Baylor should be the better team. They have been, and there's still like seven minutes left. Ah, that was a little tempting. Just do. I mean, Baylor just needs to get a field goal, and then their defense just makes one big stop, and then you're covering that spread. Uh, but now, of course, it's off the board. Uh, and by the way, I'm watching uh, this Rutgers game. Huge punt return. Ah, there's a flag. I got my hopes up. Sorry. Would have been big for us, You buddy. get there. You get there. Uh, touchdown. He did get the touchdown. Uh, Duke uh, Duke touchdown is uh, called off the board for offensive pass interference on what looked like a pick play. But let's stay here for a second because this is the center of our pro tip. 
and and I think this is the kind of way to put it, uh, look to bet against some unsustainable success. It's something that we have hit on, but specifically, the thing we mentioned here with Duke is multiple recovered fumbles, right? Like three recovered fumbles inside the 30-yard line of your opponent, that is not something that's going to lend itself to being uh, an ability to be replicated, right? So a team like Miami, which after those three lost fumbles and, of course, some poor field positioning, gives up those a couple of touchdowns and scores, trailing 17-7, good opportunity for live betters. They were plus 105 on the money line, catching about two from a point spread perspective, now up 21-17. But that's something to monitor. You know, betting against some of these unsustainable uh, stretches of success, multiple recovered fumbles. We talked about the, the special teams play at the beginning of this Indiana Rutgers game, Danny. That would fall under it. Opening kickoff return for a touchdown. Those little blips on the radar, what I'll call them, um, don't really lend themselves to sustained success for the team that gets them. Yeah, and I feel like especially in situations where it happens against the better team too, like if it happens to an underdog, like the favorites just going out there dominating, you know, recovering some fumbles, forcing fumbles, interceptions, whatever, dominating special teams, well, that's just probably more so because they're actually skilled in that position and it's not really coming as a surprise. But you know, Rutgers, I thought they were the better team coming into this game. The kickoff return, you know, they may not have the best special teams, but that was right out of the gates, and you really wouldn't expect that to happen. Um, Miami's supposed to be the better team against Duke, and not only did it happen once, it happened three times, and they missed a fumble every single time. Then you kind of saw the opportunity to maybe expose what, you know, you could call, in a sense, the fluky turnovers that were in the positive side of Duke. But again, it doesn't apply to every game, but I think more importantly, it applies to when you're in those situations to where it's going against what you would probably consider the better team in that situation. Trying to see. So I don't know if Clemson got called for this or not because there was a play on the sidelines um, earlier in the game. I want to say actually it was on the last drive, right? It was the last drive and they did not. Oh man, what it, what it is to be a blue blood program. So for those who don't know, this last drive that Clemson ultimately had ended in a touchdown, it looked like it was going to end, uh, but Kate Klubnik was pushed out of bounds right as he was running out, and so they called a penalty on Syracuse that extended the drive. It would have been a, a third down uh, in that, which that play was called on, and they would have been forced to punt it away. Garrett Schrader is shoved out even like much more violently by a Clemson defender after he gets rid of the ball. Now flag, Syracuse got to punt it away. So 21-16, Clemson has the ball back here, uh, looking to potentially come back and win this game with Klubnik in at quarterback. All right, let's go to you, Danny. First off, best bets for the rest of the day. Uh, we're going back to the Big Ten for you, correct? Yeah, that is correct. You know, I was considering that Minnesota-Penn State game, but ultimately going to wait for the in-game angle. The bet that I am going with is Purdue and Wisconsin. You've seen this line move a little bit toward the side of the Boilermakers from about two to now plus one and a half. I snagged plus two a little bit earlier today, JVT. I, you know, I'm content with fading Wisconsin with their win total bet, but I'm kind of eager to get some more here. I think Purdue has a better quarterback. I think Purdue has a better offense. And they still have, obviously, a chance to capture the Big Ten West if some crazy things could happen to Illinois. I mean, I know they're looking fantastic, but uh, let's put it plain and simple. Wisconsin's uh season is gone and you got the new head coach in the mix and yeah that worked against a crap team in northwestern but after that you were set back to reality on the road against michigan state again i can't stress enough how poor this wisconsin offense is with graham Mertz. the kid has never lived up to the hype after they dominated the aforementioned university of illinois a couple years ago but uh, jeff brahm i think is going to be the better coach in this game and as bad as purdue's defense is it can get by going against a, a really just not good Wisconsin offense. So I will take the two points with Purdue. If you don't think you even need to and take the money line, I'm completely fine with that, obviously, because the chances it falls on one or two is really not that often. But I'll just do it for a little bit of security. You know, college kickers are rough every now and then. So um, I do think Purdue gets the outright win, and Wisconsin, once again, will just suffer another loss. All right, like it. Uh, I will go to the Mountain West uh, for one of the bets that I'll be waiting for to uh... – Transpire tonight, looks like Logan Fife is going to get the start again here for Fresno State against New Mexico. And if you have watched Logan Fife play quarterback, it has not really been great. Uh, high rate of turnover-worthy plays, commits one on 4.1% of his pass attempts. He's committed four in the last two games. New Mexico has been a quality defensive team for a, for a team and a, a program of their level. A very well-coached program, too, at that when it comes to their defense with Danny Gonzalez and Rocky Wong pulling the trigger. 
I think that this is one where we're talking about a number of 10 for New Mexico at home against a Fresno State team that offensively has not been very good since they have lost Jake Hayner, who is week to week with this injury that he suffered that USC game. Feel comfortable. And in Mountain West, where the depth is really not that great and all these teams are kind of sandwiched into one another, there's not that big of a gap between these, t- these clubs, I would say. So give me 10 and a half with a New Mexico, the Lobos at home in this spot. All right. The, I think this is the 17th or 18th play of this drive for Duke. Uh, they have a fourth and goal, and good for them, going for it down four in this spot, trying to pull the upset. And they are indeed going to go for it. Shovel pass is good. They're into the end zone, and Duke takes the lead over Miami. We're all done, but Live Bet Saturday continues here on VSIN, the Sports Betting Network. And remember, vsin.com slash subscribe. Check out everything we have to offer for all of you out there. Make you a smarter bet. Danny, uh, good to talk to you as always. I'll talk to you next Saturday. Live Bet Saturday rolls on. 1-800-GAMBLER Xfinity has free premium networks for everyone this month, no matter what kind of entertainment you love. Addicted to true crime? Catch killer cases and more spine-tingling shows on A&E Crime Central. Crave adventure? Explore Asian action movies on Hayah. Searching for something extreme? Check out skating, snowboarding, and more on Fuel TV Plus, the global home of action sports. And find crowd-pleasing bops on iHeartRadio's Hit Nation playlist. There's new free shows and movies to love every week. Say free this week in your Xfinity voice remote. Zumo Play is your destination for endless entertainment. With a diverse lineup of 350-plus live channels, movies, and full TV series, you'll easily find something to watch right away. And the best part? It's all free. Love music? Get lost in the 90s with iHeart 90s. Dance away with hip-hop beats and more on the iHeart Radio music channels. No logins, no signups, no accounts, no hassle. So what are you waiting for? Start streaming at play.xumo.com or download from the app and Google Play stores today. All you can stream with Zumo Play.